Hello, this is Brian Scuttle of Sonic Cinema. Before we dive into my interview with Chris Bowers, who is the uh, co-director and composer behind A Concerto's A Conversation, the Oscar-nominated short film, I want to uh, point out that for the first minute and 15 seconds, uh, the sound is not uh, up to snuff compared to the rest of the interview. I do apologize about that. There were some technical issues on the uh, night that we were interviewing, and I tried to, I rectified them for most of the interview, but uh, that first minute 15 is going to sound uh, louder and a little bit distorted. I think I got it taken care of as much as I could, though, and I hope you enjoy my interview with Chris Bowers in spite of it. Thank you. First of all, congratulations on the Oscar nomination. It's very well deserved. I've uh, oh, I've had the chance to watch the film twice now, and I really loved it. It's just a beautiful film. So, first of all, congratulations. Uh, thanks, Brian. Appreciate that. The first question I normally ask is, what was the inspiration behind the film? But you say it pretty uh, plainly in the context of the film. So one of the things that was most interesting to me is as a, as a composer going to a uh, cinematic medium to tell your story as a director, were there, was there any uh, type of thought process that normally you think about, th the way you think about things as a composer that you were able to translate into being a film director? Yeah, I think with this one, it was really just trying to um, focus on pulling out my grandfather's story and like, you know, the elements that I, that I already knew and then trying to see if there's anything else there. And, you know, a lot of the shape of it, of the film itself, really is just because of uh, the shape of my grandfather's story as it, as it stands. And so a lot of it was really, uh, um, yeah, kind of driven by that. I will say, like, I saw the film at Sundance this year, and, uh, you know, oh, I, when, when you see it, when you see it in that context, it's like, it, you don't have, especially if you're trying to get a lot in, it's hard to get, it, it's really hard sometimes to let a film, especially a short film, really resonate with you and sit with you. When I watched it again last night in preparation for this interview, it, it's funny because I couldn't help but think of my own grandfather and my own uh, memories of my grandfather because, you know, like, like, we, uh, like we talked about a little bit uh, before the interview started, um, I've composed over the years, and one of the things I did after he passed away was I actually, I actually wrote a piece of music inspired by those feelings I was having uh, when he passed away. And it's funny because of the fact that it's it's not a strict classical concerto, but it's it, it was a piece with a very pronounced solo for trombone, which was my primary instrument, as well as um, electronic sounds, because electronic music is kind of where my feelings are. So it was it was interesting mm -hmm. that you know the the name of your the film a concerto is a conversation really connected with me in that respect and i i love the way that the film takes on some of the structure of a class of a concerto itself 
Yeah, yeah, totally. I think, yeah, it was, it's, uh, it's really awesome he felt that way, yeah. What was, were there any particular challenges that you had when it came to uh, deciding to uh, tell your grandfather's story on, on film? You know, I think um, some of the challenges were just, you know, trying to uh, make sure that I could get everything you know, out of him. I feel like uh, my grandfather, not only like getting a bit older, but, you know, I think there's some of the story that he's totally happy to tell. And then other things that I think that take a little bit of time to kind of coax out of him, or, or at least like for him to kind of think a little bit deeper about, because he's, he's told the story so many times on like a surface level and, and uh, wanting to get some of those like grittier details or things that maybe I hadn't heard before. And especially the period with the cleaners, I think that's a lot of uh, information from him that, that, um, I hadn't really heard before as far as like the difficulties getting it started and a lot of the, the, he tried to like work around those difficulties and things like that. So trying to find a, uh, a way to ask those things over, over time in a way that would um, uh, get more information, the more that I asked, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was, what was it like working on the film, both as subject as well as a director? I think, um, one, it definitely meant trusting my co-director, Ben Proudfoot, a, a, mm-hmm. a decent amount, just because uh, also him wanting to uh, create this very com- comfortable environment. And, you know, I think the first day I showed up with like a button up shirt and I was like a little dressed up and, and he was like, no, like, what would you really wear to your grandparents' house? Like, what would you really be wearing if you were up late at night working right now and, and being open to how uh how he is like you know wanting me to be presented or perceived or or however that is but also to feel comfortable and for me to feel a little bit more myself and i think that was something that took a second to um to warm up to being able to be that like open and comfortable and vulnerable Mm -hmm. and and that kind of like got what he was going for then it felt pretty easy yeah yeah uh yeah i I would imagine that's a bit of a i mean you know it's it's not quite the same thing if you know, an actor's directing a movie because they're still playing a character. But the fact that you're, you're, you're being yourself, that comfort level is probably something that would take some getting used to because of the fact that this is a documentary. Yeah. And I think it was really helpful that, you know, we were doing this pretty much by ourselves when we first started, you know, it wasn't a New York times piece and the LA field originally commissioned it, but I think by the time we started shooting it, they weren't as involved anymore. And so it was really just something that, that um, we saw a lot of value in and, and really were excited about. And I think that also helped me feel like uh, th- at that point I could then approach the conversation. Like I'm just having a conversation with my grandfather and I just want to get as much information from him as possible, because I don't know if I'll ever be able to sit down and like record a conversation with him for this amount of time in this way mm-hmm. ever again. And, you know, I think being able to just uh, settle into that feeling and that relationship and kind of not even think about not, not having anybody else involved at that point allowed me to not also think about like, you know, who's watching this or where it's going, just kind of like be there and be present. As, as the, you, you also wrote the music in, in, in the film, and uh, we do hear some of the uh, concerto that frames the, the uh, piece, but what when you were writing underscore for for the film as well were there any were there any added um challenges to you compared to how you would normally think about 
film score because of the fact that this is because of the way that the structure of this film is? Yeah, definitely. I think um, one trying to figure out how to set up that moment where we hear the concerto and how, you know, wanting that to feel as big and, and emotional as that moment in the concerto is, but at the same time, not wanting, um, you know, that to be the sound of the rest of the score. So trying to find that balance of like how we're going to score it and what's the palette going to be. And I used all the, all the themes in the score are themes from the concerto itself mm -hmm. that I just repurposed and figured out how to like adapt to the pacing and the feel of the, the short. And then, um, you know, again, building toward this moment where we hear it. And I think a big challenge was, um, Actually, this the section where I had to score my own career and life and all that. Uh, one thing that that uh, Ben actually suggested that I took him up on that was really helpful was scoring that not picture and me just playing the piece, focusing on like the emotion that I was trying to convey. Whether it's like for me thinking of that section, like gratitude for my family or like warmth or love for my family and all of that, just playing the piece from that mindset and. and playing more like a, almost like a gospel hymn essentially. And then Ben and our editor, Lucas Dong cut to that. Um, and I think that was a big help uh, in, that, in that little section. Yeah. Now that, now that you have directed, are there any other, are there any other ideas that you're having for films, whether they're narrative or documentaries that you want to tell, or is this just a sort of a one-off uh, labor of love? You know, it's definitely something that I've, I've been interested in for a while. It's funny, Ben and I actually met about five years ago because I was directing a short film that I wrote and he, his company lent me the equipment and all this stuff. And, and it ended up being like, you know, I think it's uh it's something that I'm slightly proud of, but it probably will never see the light of day. It's like a, a very bad student film. essentially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, you know, I've always been, for me, music was just an extension of storytelling. Like I always mm -hmm. felt like for me, playing piano was about conveying an emotion, trying to tell a story. If I ever wrote a piece of music, it was like, what story am I trying to tell mm -hmm. in that piece of music? And so, uh, and I've always been in love with like ballet or, or even opera and, and different things like that. So like, uh, for me, trying to figure out a way to have music be more of the driving force in the narrative uh, is something that I'm really excited by. And, and uh, my next album has this narrative element that I'm working on with my wife and then Ben and I are working on with my wife as well, uh, like an iteration on this this idea of okay. conversation. Yeah. Okay, excellent. I, I, I look forward to uh, I, I look forward to that. Um, I, I know like um, as somebody who's done composing over the years as somebody who even tried uh doing narrative filmmaking at one point it oh. I, you know it it is one of those things where it's like you do start to look at these different things you know i i'm i i get that impression i get that feeling of like just another extension of the storytelling that you want to tell and i i definitely under Stand that impulse, and I definitely respect that impulse. And yeah, I that that sounds really exciting. I can't wait to see and hear what that's going to turn into, especially after yeah. seeing this and really uh, having having the impression that it left on me. Yeah, appreciate that. Thanks so much. Um, well, uh, thank you very much for your time tonight. I really appreciate it, and good luck yeah. with the. Good luck with the Academy Awards. I, I would imagine in, in this particular case, because of 
the personal nature of it, the nomination is certainly as much of a reward as if you were to win. But yeah. I do think it is completely deserving if it does win. So good luck. Good luck in about a month. So Yeah, thanks so much, man. I appreciate that. Thank you.